I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Stop. Hello and welcome to the AI Movie Night. You're joined by your host Rory Greenfield and I've got a new guest this week, a good friend of mine, Robin Cooper. How are you doing, mate? I'm not bad, mate. How are you? I'm good. Um, we, we've had plans to do a podcast for, for a while since you said, told me you were such a, a kind of enjoyer of them. You know, you, you do like to listen to literally all of them, <laughs> I think it's fair. Um, I I do a lot of driving for work, so I listen to every podcast. Yeah, I've seen you tweeting. I think we met through a mutual kind of friend. Um, it's Victor, who's supposed to be on, on tonight. He's been on previously, the one that did a Ready Player One podcast. Um, and you were chatting movies with him, and I just thought, yeah, this guy seems to know what he's talking about. Um, and yeah, we've been talking about movies ever since in our little group and yeah. yeah we had we had plans to talk uh Denny Villeneuve um this evening uh with Victor but he is sadly a little bit under the weather um so we're doing something a little bit more impromptu I will just kind of break the ice a little bit I'm gonna be a bit of a bastard and ask you a couple of yeah. spot questions <laughs> okay Nothing heavy, man. <laughs> heavy lifting. Right, Shall I do um, in my bank details and, and everything? Yeah, is this yeah, how this yeah. is going to go? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's essentially just to kind of get listeners used to what it is you like. And I know you're quite eclectic in fairness because I've seen a snapshot of your, your movie <laughs> library. So it's pretty much a bit of everything. Um, what film did you enjoy the most last year? Baby Driver. Give me a top three. Baby Driver. Okay. I think Baby answer. Driver is, I, I, I saw that at the cinema and then immediately went the next day to see it again. Yeah, that's that's a, a good cue. I, w- I wouldn't say this year because you've seen Infinity Wars over 10 times, right, at the cinema? I think. Uh, seven. Seven, okay, so close, <laughs> uh, which is quite impressive. Um, I think you go to the cinema more than anybody I know, which is quite... Uh, quite a, an accolade um yeah i'm in a unique position given the kind of work that i do that i have a lot of alone time that is either filled with gym or cinema and that's it yeah don't don't have kids that changes perspective <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can imagine yeah it's 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 no alone time it's not much free time it's certainly not a gym i run when i can um and I watch movies very late at night and don't get much sleep, uh, which, you know, it's, it's difficult when you woken up at six in the morning. Um, right. So what we're going to do, which is quite impromptu, is we, we were going to talk about Whiplash and, and you said you hadn't seen it. I was like, shit. Okay. What, what else are we going to do? And we came up with Ryan Gosling as a, as a, a subject matter. Now, being quite honest, Ryan Gosling is a, is a strange, divisive kind of actor. So, I'm not sure why people don't like him, uh, being perfectly honest, but there are quite a number of people that really don't like him. Have you got, I mean, we'll talk about all, or a good, good kind of overview of his films, but do you, do you ever get a sense of that? I mean, there's quite a bit of backlash for some strange reason. I, I personally can't understand why 
Uh, one, he is an absolute dreambot. But two, he, more than anyone that I can think of in recent years, can command a screen better than anyone without saying a single word. Yeah. And I think maybe that's, that's the issue. I think a lot of people who aren't cinephiles, if you will, go to the cinema and expect everything, every, every one of the senses to just be assaulted immediately, whether it be sight, sound, whatever. Whereas it's not always about that. Sometimes it's just about what, what you're seeing on the screen. And that's, yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, we will talk about drive. Um, yeah. it, it, it's, it tends to lead into that, but, um, yeah, you've got to look at a film like that, which is so script light, essentially. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. really, really based on on almost everything visually in that film. There's not a lot of words, and, and obviously musically in the score and stuff as well, but um, him and Kerry Mulligan being the two kind of leads barely speak to each other. They don't. <laughs> and actually, we I, I watched that in prep last night after we yeah. very last minute suggested this and I watched it with the wife who unbelievably it was the first time that she'd seen it and and she said afterwards well, she actually really enjoyed it which surprised me because she doesn't yeah. necessarily like violent films no and it is certainly a it begins like it could be a bit of a sort of a romantic drama and then all of a sudden heads start exploding and things <laughs> just get out of hand but, um, yeah, it's got sh- kind of unrequited love kind of vibe going on to it yeah. for a little bit, and then it- you got Oscar Isaac's character that kind of changes perspectives. Yeah. But then, then when shit goes crazy, I, I always tend to liken it. And I know this is a more recent film, but I liken it to Get Out. Um, yeah. Which you kind of see what's coming with Get Out, and I think you you kind of have a couple of moments when you're watching Drive where you go, Yeah, I think it's gonna get. I think that obviously the tempo is going to be ramped up because a film can't really maintain that kind of slow, you know, slow narrative, slow style forever, especially a film that's got fast car in it yeah. or a, a driver in it. Um, but I didn't expect it to be that violent when I first saw it. I mean, well, I think it, it drive is very clever. It, it story-wise, it throws you a few curveballs as it progresses. Uh, and I made I made some notes last night. I'm very professional. Nice. Uh, um, almost immediately, the first scene, it's got that amazing sort of car chase and evasion of, of the police, and you're watching it, and, and he's so methodical, and he just knows everything that's going on. And I've, I've made some notes about that, but the next time that you see uh, the kid, the driver, and that's another thing, he's not even got a name during the film. Exactly, yeah. The next time you see him, he walks onto shot, and he's wearing a police uniform, and I completely forgot about that, but you immediately get this misdirect that, Oh my god, he's a cop. That's why he can evade of all of them. And then it just turns out he's a stunt driver, and he's he, yeah. he's not a cop. And that was the first thing. My, my wife grabbed my hand and went, "Oh my god, he's a cop. <laughs> of course." Do you know? I've not even thought about that. In fairness, I, I I in all the time I've watched that film and I've watched it, I don't know a dozen times. I'd say. I mean, um, I didn't watch it at the cinema. Where I'm kind of kicking myself about that because yeah. it's one of those films that really should have be watched at the cinema because I think that. A moment in the motel room when the violence really goes yeah. would just be something else, and and I love I love the sound in it. I mean, I I'm not trying to get I don't try and get too technical and stuff. Um, and bearing in mind we might talk Blade Runner 2049, which is about as technical oh, as get. Um, it, it the sound quality and mixing and, and style in this is is something else. I mean, they, yeah. they really do capture everything because it is a quiet film. You know, like a little bit like. Quiet Place that came out this year. It's all about the sound effects. It's not about it. It, the it words builds in the dialogue. Yeah, it builds so much tension between so many different characters. In in the in the early scenes, when the very first scene, you've got the tension where it the 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 second robber. I can't think of the the the, the, the two guys who were robbing whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the first one comes out, and then he. The waiting for the next one, and, and he's already established. You've got five minutes, and then I'm gone. And you can you can hear just in the background, you can hear a slight ticking as it's going down, and it's cutting back and forth, and it's building that tension there. And then you've got the sexual tension between Ryan Gosling and Kerry Mulligan. That, that, that like you said, they never actually say anything to each other. Just no, just, not a lot. They just no. awkwardly look past each other and smile. 
Um, yeah. And then after that, you've got the tension being built up, all the violent tension between all the different players. And and like you say, it's just the the way it's done technically is it's just incredible. Yeah, I mean the cast is the cast is astounding when you look through this. You know, I'd completely forgotten until last night that Oscar Isaac was in it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's probably the reason it started a bit of a love affair with, with me and Oscar Isaac, because this came out, and, and I was like, who the hell is this guy? Because he's just got that kind of swagger, and his charisma is ridiculous, man. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, obviously, uh, we talked about it in a recent podcast that we did, um, and I'm going to forget the name of the film that he did, where it's related to robots. With oh, uh, uh, X Machina. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and obviously, he's then kind of risen to fame and Star Wars fame and everything else. And um, oh, the Karen Brothers film where he plays guitar, uh, which is uh, inside not? Robert Llewellyn. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Is it Robert Llewellyn? Robert Llewellyn's someone else. No, it's not inside Llewellyn. Llewyn Davis. Yeah. yeah. Robert Llewellyn. Robert Llewellyn's the interior designer guy, isn't it? Is I it? No, I think Robert Llewellyn, I think, might be from Red Dwarf. Potentially. This, it's not a very common surname. Rob, Robert Llewellyn is from Red Dwarf and um, Scrap Heap Challenge, if you're of British origins. Um, you might know what that is. Yeah, exactly. Channel 5 on a Saturday morning. Yeah, it's probably repeated on Dave about 80 times a week. <laughs> um, yeah. That's a really pop culture of really low value in the UK. But anyway, uh, Red Dwarf is peak, I must admit. Um, yeah, inside Lewin Davis. And, and you know, acting like that, and you go, who the hell is this guy? Because I didn't really know his career. I've not followed much. And this was the time that kind of kind of brought him to my attention. It probably brought Carrie Mulligan to my attention as well, because she, yeah. she's obviously quite a prominent British actress, but has really just done kind of films that I wouldn't, take a great interest in is you know and and even now you know again she's in inside Lewin davis and she's incredible in that um i'm just hoping she does films that i like <laughs> i don't know something yeah. hard. but she's just got that potential i mean you know she's the kind of actress you think would just be walking away with with oscars a bit like michelle williams who hasn't done you know there's a yeah, couple i of think similar to, to michelle williams she's she seems to be quite selective in in what she does yeah. Um, because when you go through her, I mean, the, the only films that I can kind of remember her from, she was in the second Wall Street film with uh, yeah, Shia LaBeouf. And, yeah, that's about her uh, biggest film in terms of a, a biggest produced film. Yeah, um, Public Enemy. Oh, The Great Gatsby as well, I guess, is, is Yeah, she's that, in The Great Gatsby, um, really? Public Enemy. She has quite a prominent role in that. And then... Yeah, Drive was kind of her big break, in, and, and then Great Bath Gatsby and, and Inside Llewellyn Davis in 2013, and then she's kind of been doing indie stuff again, stuff mm. again, Woodbound and stuff. Um, I'm quite intrigued what she goes on to do, because again, like I said, I, I do think it'll come a point where she just kind of explodes at, at some point on the scene, um, and I know she's not that young. She's probably, give or take, my age, so she's kind of mid-30s. but She's thirty three. Yeah, so it's one of those, and 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 she she obviously stood out for me. Um, but then you've got these really esteemed actors. So you've got Brian Cranston, who was at the height of his powers at that point. Do you know what I mean? Well, he was right Breaking in the Bad. middle of Breaking Bad, yeah. Exactly, and he's the one that talks most in this. You can't shut him up. Um, yeah. they well, apparently, apparently, he he got the role because the the director and I can never pronounce his his surname. Nicholas, Nicholas. Winding Ref Reef. No, I can't do it. This is when we need Victor on this podcast. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's Scandinavian. Scandinavian names, yeah. yeah. But he, apparently he, the first person he hired for the film was Brian Cranston because he just absolutely adored Breaking Bad, which, I mean, you can't blame him. No, no, exactly. And and then you've got people like Ron Perlman, who is just a brilliant actor. I, I love Ron Perlman <laughs> when, he's, when, he's, when he's cast in the right roles. I mean, just quite, quite Ron a reduced Perlman role. Just Ron Perlman. I know exactly. He, Pete he play. for me is Alien. Uh, is it Alien Extinction? Alien, Alien Resurrection. Yeah. The fourth Alien film, and he's climbing a ladder, and he shits himself because there's a spider. He's getting chased by his animals. So he yeah. shits himself because there's a spider on the ladder, and that just sticks out in my mind. 
because I saw I, it I can't see past a Hellboy or Sons of Anarchy with Ron Perlman but I mean he's, he's such a great actor and then Albert Brooks play, plays the kind of main villain in this yes and, Ooh, and that's a surprise because really he's generally a comedic actor from, yeah. from my understanding of him um, but he's just so good in this and, and he is quite intimidating you know he, I think what what I think and it sort of came back to me again watching it last night i'd not seen it for a few years i, I used to yeah. i've seen it quite a few times previously but i'd not watched it for a while but albert brooks's character i can't remember his name but um he he's very empathetic toward brian cranston and his character and, and you can kind of see how much the progression of what happens how much it hurts him he has no choice almost yeah, yeah. he it's it, it's literally you come to a point in that film where you go, he's doing it because he's he's a gangster, he's a mob boss. It's 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 his in his nature. Do you know what I mean? It, it, honestly, but the fact that he's got that cabinet with all those weapons of, of yeah. sadistic nature, you know, all the knives and, and things. It's he's he's clearly not yeah been the nicest of men in his life. Do you know what I mean? Well, the so, thing is, as well, even though that Brian Cranston's meant to be a long-standing friend, he, he doesn't really hang about with <laughs> slitting the guy's wrist. They just no. threw it in there. Yeah, that's that's a quite a quite a bold and brutal scene. I mean there are obviously quite a few, but the people that die generally, um, bar Oscar Isaac, aren't people you've got any attachment to. Do you know what I mean? It's mainly the yeah. villains that Gosling is basically um breaking heads on hammers to the <laughs> To, to the, every aspect, it, it's it's quite bold, and and I mean, for me, obviously, the soundtrack is is phenomenal, and it's it's well known that you know people love the soundtrack and the score yeah. because it's it's really really um, helps with the building of the tension, and that that film does does do that. Um, but the fact that he wears that jacket throughout, and that's got a lot of symbolism, and there's a lot of read into that about the scorpion on the back and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, the fact that he's got that on and it gets so bloodstained and so it just sums him up. He he's literally almost machine-like. I mean, he's it, it's why people struggle a bit with Godling because I think he does play emotionless quite well. Do you know what I mean? He plays a really low-key emotional performance, which, which he does again in Blade Runner, because he is playing a robot. Um, and it is quite phenomenal, actually, for me, because for a guy that's so charismatic and what's yeah. about those kind of films, he downplays that in this film and in Blade Runner, just exceptionally, really. I think for me, I struggle to call it emotionless, purely because I think you've got to look past the fact that he's, he's not saying anything. I mean, one of the things that I wrote down yeah. yesterday is that I don't know if, obviously, if this is Ryan Gosling himself or the, the writers and the directors, but his character is, is very much built throughout the film from beginning to end in little touches throughout from how methodically is it absolutely everything. Every time he's doing a heist, he puts his wristwatch on the steering wheel so he can keep the time of it. Whenever he's about whenever he's about to do something violent, he puts his leather gloves on. But whenever he's doing anything compassionate with Carrie Mulligan or uh, the kid, he takes his gloves off and puts them in his pocket. Yeah. Just little touches like that. Or well, even his apartment, man. Yeah, it's, it's just completely about clean, there. Yeah, yeah, it's just and it, working and it, on, on car parts. Yeah, and I think that is is what Ryan Gosling is really good at. Like I said, not not saying anything, but showing you exactly who he is and what yeah, he is. Yeah, I'm that's... not saying he doesn't show emotion. He shows almost everything yeah. in his eyes, yeah. to be honest, man. He's so good at that. He, he just... He just smile. Really controlled way. Do you know yeah. what I mean? He just doesn't do anything... You know, and it's again... Again, you have moments of it in Blade Runner, because, again, I, I we rewatched that last night and then a bit tonight, um, 2049, because I haven't seen it since cinema. Um, mm-hmm. And it's mainly because it's two hours forty five minutes. Uh, I think that we we talked about that. There is a podcast that I did with um, the old host Joe Simpson and Trev Downing, going way back when we talked about Blade Runner the original, and we did a separate pod on twenty forty nine. If you want to go and listen in depth, but it's I mean, it's a phenomenal piece of work, and, and I love it. But I can see why it's got some detractors. The the one thing that came out of it for me is the individual performances didn't get a lot of merit from that film. I mean, a no. lot of a lot of people really liked the film. They loved the way it was shot. I mean, cinematography for, for Deacons, finally got I think, Oscar. I think you know, the, but they the, didn't give Gosling any credit for it, which I think is 
it's harsh actually because I, I genuinely think he he puts in a really impressive performance because you care about him, which which yeah, is quite definitely. hard to do. You know, when you find out he's not the kid, and, you, and yeah, when that revelation comes, it it really hits you hard, and you, and you can again you can see it his his entire sort of demeanour when he finds out just he doesn't say anything, he just kind of drops and the, the woman He's says to her, oh, you, yeah, yeah she, she said, oh, you thought it was you, or you wished it was you, and, and we all do. Um, and, it, and it really punches you. But I think you you got it right insofar as the technical merit of that film is so good, it just takes, it takes centre stage. It's technically better than anything I've seen in recent years. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, if, if nobody follows my Twitter handle, I talk about Mad Max Fury Road quite a lot. Um, <laughs> and, and I love that film. And, and for me, that film, because it's not all green screen, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This, this film clearly is. Um, but it's not all green screen and it's a lot of it's done authentically. I just think it's phenomenal. Um, and there's a few other shots, uh, films I've seen recently that have surprised me. There's sort of Netflix called Cargo, which I do recommend. Which is, is it good? I'm not yeah, seeing it. I really like it. Again, it's set in Australia. It is a zombie film, but not in a traditional sense. Um, yeah. It's got a bit of a vibe of Quiet Place in it. And I, and I really, uh, it, honestly, the way it's shot, it, it's stunning. They use a camera that, that pans up. And obviously, Australia's got great landscapes and things like that. Um, yeah, really do watch it. it. Honestly, I recommend it really highly. Um, but there's a few films lately that have, have, have really impressed me with how they're shot. I, I think cinematography, uh, and I could do a lot of talking about it, and I'm not an expert by any means, um, but it seems to go in waves in, in Hollywood. You know, I, I feel like you'll always get a few films that are shot pretty impressively, but you'll get a lot of ones that aren't. But but even in your Marvel films and, and stuff, you look at Ragnarok, some of the shots are pretty iconic in the way they're done now. And I, I think it's it's come into more mainstream cinema when it hadn't previously, and that's what's quite surprising for me and and it's more in Blade Runner 2049 than any film really in the, in the last few years well for me the uh, I love I love cinema it's it's been my biggest passion since seeing Star Wars at three years old for the first time and it, it just hooked me then and it's hooked me ever since every single aspect of it but the biggest thing for me is that the pictures are exactly that the pictures and if you strip it back to its its purest form of art, it, it's just a picture. So you should be you should be able to get every bit of story from a film just from looking at it. You should be able to turn the volume down and just watch it and and just be in. And and films like Drive and Blade Runner and uh, Sicario, which is one of Denis Villeneuve's films, we're going to talk about. They are just spectacular to watch, regardless of of what's happening, if that makes sense. No, it does. It does. Um, you, you are right. I think, you know, when, when, a, when a, someone's producing a movie, they're doing it on a TV show, they're doing a storyboard. Do you know what I mean? So they're doing yeah. a, a group of individual pictures, um, you know, scene by scene, frame by frame. Um, that's one of the reasons I love stop motion so much. It's because you, you see how much effort goes into every single scene. Do you know what I mean? Because it's shot by shot by shot, obviously all all animated together in, in an mm-hmm. incredible fashion. And that's why I always talk about Leica Studios and Kubo and the Two Strings and those kind of films, because they're just just a technical work and effort that goes into them. I mean, I watch films occasionally, and I like comedies, and we, we had a bit of a chat about Game Night and, and mm-hmm. I watched Blockers the other night. And, and look, don't get me wrong, they're a load of fun, and, and you need that. <laughs> you need you need relief <laughs> for that. But, but Especially if the watch films can make so much more money than films that someone puts years of love and care and attention into. So it's, it just is, it's, it's cinema is, is that it's a mix of yeah. everything. And I, I think talking about Gosling and, and, you know, sticking on, on focus a little bit. I think the thing with him is he is a chameleon in terms of what he does. Well, I think that's a good segue to my favorite well, Gosling film. And I think it's yours from a conversation we've had in the past. And that's crazy, stupid love. It's it's mine and my wife's collective because we watch it quite a lot together. It's one of those films that I I will always happily watch. I absolutely adore that film, and I don't have any particular reason why. I just watched it. What's the smile on your face? Yeah, and from the first time I I watched it, 
on my own, however many years ago, just laughed from beginning to end. And that final scene in the garden is legitimately my favourite scene in a comedy film ever. Just when everything come, comes together and then Kevin Bacon shows up and Ryan Gosling just slots him. <laughs> I, I, I love it too. And when the police officer comes and they correct him with his surname and say it's Lindholm <laughs> together, it's a genius, that. genius moment. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of gifts created from this yeah. film because it's got a very, you know, Gosling plays a very interesting character, mm-hmm. um, a very cocksure on the surface kind of character. Um, and then you get to see his real self with Emma Stone, um, who ultimately turns out to be the daughter of, of Steve Carell. And it's it's a really clever film. I mean, people won't give it the credit for that it deserves, but, you know, you see all these films nowadays that interlink so many stories um, of different characters, but you've got some really clever work here because you've got Carell and his family, and then you've got the... The, the babysitter that fancies Steve Carell, but then the, the son fancies the babysitter. And then her dad's there at the end. Exactly. You've got Gosling, who's the mentor for Steve Carell to become a womanizer almost because he's he's getting over his relationship um, with a wonderful actress who I always forget the name of. Um, who's that? Who's sorry. The, who's his, the wife? His wife is... Jesus, what? I should know this. It's... Great when you do this live on podcast. I know it's good, isn't it? This is Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore, yeah, and then um, Aunt May is also. Oh, she's the teacher. Yeah, I've been sober sober five years. That's all. Yeah, I remember that bit. Um, Yeah, it's it's a really clever film in the way it comes together. Kevin Bacon is brilliant. He's only in it for a small part, but he's really good in it. And I love the sun. I love the sun in it. But I mean, Gosling. Gosling and Steve Carell together, and, and we haven't seen that since. And I would like to see. Um, big, the big shot briefly together. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, um, but I'd like to see more in a kind of kind of comedic role. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it did launch for me uh, probably one of the best on-screen chemistries, uh, and I'd like to see a lot more of it. Is is between Gosling and Stone because they're just mm. brilliant together. So um, yeah, that's his kind of first take of of comedy. You haven't seen Half Nelson because we're going back a little way. For I haven't. I, I, I didn't I only watched know it. about it till you said it last night when we were talking. I watched films. it this year as one of my hundred films I've never seen um, thing, which I'm really, really falling behind on. I've done about 30 odd of a hundred and I've got, what, six months left. I'm going to have to really step it up. Um, but I watched it this year. It's a film I've been meaning to watch a long time. Um, he was nominated for an Oscar for it, and it's going back to 2006, so it's almost the start of his oh, okay. career. Um, and that's when everyone kind of started taking notice of him. He's really good in that film. He plays a teacher who kind of is is disconnected with the world, but really passionate about what he does with the kids. And and yeah, it's got some really good relationships in it. But he's he's excellent in that film, and I think you really like it. It's got a lot of heart. Um, and it really impressed me, and and I and I looked at that and went, actually, before that, I remember him for Remember the Titans, which is, I think he plays Sunshine or something like that, or maybe not Sunshine. He plays a, he plays a kid in that that's quite quite com- comical, and and obviously the Notebook, which we're not going to talk about. Um, I, I haven't even seen the Notebook. So. No, I might have been subjected to it once. Um, <laughs> but since then, he's kind of gone from strength to strength. So Half Nelson was 2006, but he never really did anything until Drive in five years later. He's in Blue Valentine, which I haven't seen, which is quite a popular film. But um, And then since then, I mean, he's he's been knocking out of the park, if I'm honest. I mean, Place Beyond the Pines is, is a solid film. I've only seen it once. And he's not, not got the biggest it. of parts in it. In the Bradley, Cooper, things. Bradley Cooper's got a bigger role in that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I would, I'm guessing we're spoiling just everything. He, he doesn't uh, make yeah. it to the end. No. No. Um, we asked, but yeah, this is a spoiler heavy for every Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling dies at the end of Blade Runner. He does. Like, that's the biggest spoiler I can he probably... He doesn't die at the end of Nice Guys. He um, gets his hands cut off and only God forgives. Um, well, it could, it I don't cuts. know if I could talk about that film because to me it's one of the most disappointing films I've ever seen only because of the hype I had around Drive. It's the same yeah. director as Drive. I, I was the same going into it. that 
I was expecting so much and I've watched it the first time I watched it I absolutely hated it and I thought well, I'm going to give this another chance because critically it, it actually well it divides opinion ridiculously so if you look at IMDB it's got 37 uh, out of 100 so that's oh, really low but quite famously and I remember this at the time the Guardian gave it 5 stars and that's what gave it a load of hype and some other publications when it was at Venice sure. Film Festival or something Empire else, gave it 5 stars as well they might have done it's one of those films that is very very niche for, you know yeah. it's, it's it's got that kind of Lars von Troyer I think is yeah. the correct way of saying it it's it's that kind of extremity which some people will love and some people will hate um I said this about a film called Kill List, which is a Ben Wheatley film. Um, he's kind of youngish British director who did Free Fire, which is kind of his biggest film. But Kill List is a film that came out a few years ago. And again, it was on my 100 to watch thing. Um, and I really didn't like it. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's quite an extreme horror film at the end in particular. Um, and it didn't fit well with me. Yeah. It, it's not an easy watch, and, and I went back to it because Empire did give it five stars. Just double checked, and yeah. Empire on the whole, I I think they're probably the only movie publication that I consistently agree with, and I have done for many years. I I I do and I don't, right? and I'll be honest about this, and I, and I respect all. I listen to podcasts like you do, yeah, um, and I think it's excellent, and I think they're quite fair on the podcast. I think they're a little bit more reasoned. I think some of the reviews because they're done by individuals and, and yeah. they're not just done as a collective, are a little bit generous of certain films. And the reason they are, I think, is to get maybe certain access and certain interviews. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I, I kind of accept that. You've got to accept that Empire is a kind of mainstream media. I think the reason... It's not niche. It's not, it's not very heavy on critique. It can be. And they're quite bold with like Warner Brothers films. They're quite bold enough to say that they're not good if they're not good. But giving, and I haven't seen it, and that's going to be a bit harsh to judge, but Jurassic World, four stars, seems ridiculously generous compared to what everyone said about it. I'll be I, I would say Jurassic World is a strong three. Okay. Um, four stars is quite generous. For a lot of people, is. we give it two and one. But I think, no I think the, the, the issue with Empire is that you've, you've only got five there. So you've only got one, yeah. two, three, four, five, which very much limits you. But there, there are certain reviewers at Empire that have been there a lot of years since oh, I've yeah. been it that I, I, I just, I've always agreed with on the majority of things, apart from Magic Mike 2 only getting two stars, which is an absolute travesty, but <laughs> I shan't go there. I haven't seen either Magic Mike films. Oh, you, I, I the first one is, the fir- honestly, the first one's incredible. I'll add it on my 100 films list next year. <laughs> Brian Goslin. We should probably get back on track. Yeah, see, this is what happens when you don't have any time to prepare or do an agenda or you just basically don't have a clue what you're talking about. Um, no, it's it's one of those things that Only God Forgives came. It's the same director as Drive, and I thought, this is going to be incredible. And it wasn't for me, and I really struggled with it. And I haven't seen Gangster Squad. It's good. Then, it's, is it's, it? It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a solid film. It, and I, I yeah, it's just a solid, a solid watch. It's nothing special. You've got some... Pretty decent performances in a pretty average film, but yeah. I didn't realise till afterwards that it's based on true events. Okay. Or, or true characters, not necessarily true events. Well, I mean, you have got an incredible cast in there because you've got Gosling and Stone again, and then you've got Sean Penn, and it's just like, well, yeah, what's, what's not to <laughs> sure, be good about that? Josh and Josh well, Brolin. Yeah, yeah, which recently Josh Brolin is just knocking yeah, out, out of the park with man, yeah. everything. He really is. Yeah, um, he is having. You know, Sicario 2, by all accounts, sounds really good. So if he's nailing everything this year, he's pretty much the standout guy this year because he's been in two of the biggest films released this year already. So, yeah, his his career at 50, he's in the best shape he's ever been. He's doing more commercial films, but really excellent films at the same time. So, yeah, I give him loads of props because he's, he's been a great actor for, you for since the Goonies, man. So... um <laughs> I think Gosling's career at that point, he's had a couple of years break and then it's kind of taken a slightly different turn. He, he's. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips and adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Just stepped up a lot for me. He, he's he, obviously done some indie films, and he's, he's not made a bad film since Gangster Squad. I'll, I'll no, say that no, with no, confidence. no, no, I, I completely agree with that. And and there'll be a couple of people that are quite decide, uh, divisive about La La Land, and we will talk about it. Um, I haven't seen Song to Song, which I know is Terence Malick, and he divides opinion quite a lot. Um, so it's a bit of a mixed review film. But outside of that, The Big Short is one of my favourite films of the last few years. Um, I think it's one of the, the most intelligent films without being pretentious and without being patronising and really does explain better than documentaries probably what happened in the US housing crash, you know what I mean? And the world financial crash really in a few years ago. It's 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 so cleverly written because it's it's funny, it's terrifying. You've, is, got, yeah. you've got so many different characters on on whole different spectrums from each other who just go about the business and some cross paths, some don't. You've got Ryan Gosling breaking the fourth wall every 30 seconds. You've got <laughs> I got Robbie drinking champagne in a bath. And then is it Anthony Bourdain? I can't remember who it is. Who's if, the if, chef. Anyone, if anyone's not seen it, right, you've just sold the film to them in... Yeah, Margot Robbie. Words. Yeah, exactly. Drinking champagne in the bath. That is that is all you needed to say. But yeah, go she, on. There, uh, is, she, there is a famous chef as well. Yeah, I can't remember who it is. I'm just looking through the cast. <laughs> no one cares. You just said Margot Robbie in the bath. Yeah. No one gives a she, shit. I listened to an interview with her after that, and she said that she was only there for a day, but she's in this hot hot bath of drinking uh, champagne. And by the time that she was finished, she was absolutely off a rocker because she'd just been drinking champagne the whole <laughs> Oh, it's a tough life. Um, yeah. It's a tough life. Um, it's been she, really hard being my Robbie. Yeah, I, I really feel for her. She, yeah. she, she's talented and uh, stunningly beautiful, <laughs> and 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 that happens to produce. I think she's trying to direct. She's pretty. Uh, yeah, she, she, she's a force of nature. Yeah, she is. But I mean, the big short again. You're talking cast list. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. But Gosling does stand up there with with Carell, who I think is wonderful in that film. Um, and obviously Bale, Brad Pitt's in there as well. Um, it's it's a great film, and I and I really have recommended it to so many people. And 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 I just you can't really get an ensemble cast like that very often. Um, who all work together so well without fighting for screen time. And I think Gosling's yeah. role in it is just really perfect. It sums him up Brilliant. really well. And it was kind of lead in for me because it, it is breaking the fourth wall, as you said, and he's got a lot of, he's got comedic chops on him. People started to recognise that. 
And then he kind of stepped up into what would probably be my favourite Gosling film, which is is The Nice Guys. Um, and I know you've only seen it once, but quite recently. It, I only watched it probably three, four weeks ago. It was one of the ones that had been on my watch. I missed it at the cinema for whatever reason. Just there's too many films sometimes to keep on top <laughs> of, even when you see nearly everything. Um, I saw this at the cinema, which is quite rare for me. So yeah, no, I did. I did go and, and make the effort. This film, I I was worried because it had been hyped up so much for yeah. so long. But I, I sat down, I had a day off work, and I just watched it. And just from beginning to end, you've got Ryan Gosling charming the socks off you. You've got Russell Crowe effectively just slapping you in the face with one line as every 30 seconds. And if he's not uh, slapping Ryan Gosling on beat, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and just a, a really compelling story, and I, I and one that I honestly didn't see how it was going to pan out from beginning to end. It really, although yeah. you, you, you get clues throughout that there is an overarching big bat, you don't expect sort of the the path that it's on with some characters who, who die, some who don't, and just some of the revelations and then the way that they go about them are just hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it's it's done by Shane Black, who everyone knows for... I mean, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is, is, a, is a kind of similar style yeah. of film, and obviously he wrote, I think, the screenplay for Lethal Weapon, the original, all those years back, and involved in, I think he wrote Iron Man 3 as well. So he directed Iron Man 3 as well. I think he did, yeah. He's got pedigree, man. I mean, um, he's he's just got a way with, with getting the best out of people, and I mean, I like Fat Russell Crowe, to be honest. I'm a big fan <laughs> of the guy who just completely let himself go. Yeah, because look at the... Have you seen him like that? I saw a picture of him. He looks like Father Christmas, and he's completely let himself go, but he doesn't give a shit. And, no, and you, I mean, he's you know, a real... It wasn't even look. that long ago. Obviously, Gladiator is a long time ago now, but he didn't feel that long ago. Before. And then you look at him 20 years later, and he's just completely let himself go. But fair play to the guy. He's doing what he likes. But in this, he's perfect. And him and Gosling... Have a great chemistry. His daughter in it, um, uh, Anjuri Rice. I'm just reading is awesome. She's got really good comedic timing as well, and, and plays off them both really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all about Gosling for me. This film, I, he's hilarious, man. I mean, he's got some really. Th- this is where he uses all of his words. You know, what I mean, he's been saving them up since <laughs> all these quiet films because he doesn't really stop talking in this film and. He's just hilarious, man. I mean, it's obviously very slapstick, and normally that kind of humour doesn't appeal to me. But the fact that he's on the toilet trying to get his gun out and he can't keep the door open, the fact that he slices his arm trying to break into a bar, he just he looks at his arm and it starts gushing, and he's in an ambulance ten seconds later. Um, he just he just plays it so well. He felt like he was born to make this film, and I didn't know he had it in him. That's when for me. He went from being a really good actor to a much more interesting actor because, you know, that and the big short, I thought I kind of woke up a bit to the fact that this guy is is more multifaceted. I mean, if I'd gone back and seen Half Nelson all those years ago, I probably would have known it. But, it, you know, he's made some really interesting career choices. And, and I think they've only just gone from strength to strength because he's, he's got some real range. Yeah. That not many actors can pull off because some actors that you see in action films all the time or dramas all the time will go into a comedy and you just can't see past the comedy or if they go from comedies into drama you can't see past that but it doesn't matter what film you see him in you just believe wholeheartedly he is that character um yeah he's not a method actor by any stretch no he does seem to play each role so effectively that you don't I don't, it's because he is, like we said, because he, he's got so much range, I, I can see him in each role without him reminding me of a different role, if that makes sense. He, mm. He's very clever for me for, for that, because actors are normally synonymous with all the work they've done. You can't really look past Tom Cruise and not think Top Gun for most people. You know, or, or I mean, he's done so many films, you could say lots of things, but there's normally the first film that springs to mind. For someone like Ryan Gosling, who, who's probably made 10, 
excellent films. I, I don't suddenly think of one. I kind of think of all of them at once, which is kind of weird. But mm-hmm. um, and Gyllenhaal's kind of got that same commodity. It's and 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 you know Tom Hardy as well. Actually, this kind of younger range of of actors and actresses as well. I you know Emma Stone certainly in that kind of category. Um, Saoirse Ronan's doing really interesting things and. Um, and Alicia Vikander and, and various man and Brie Larson as well. Um, this, uh, they're just doing things that they're kind of just crossing genres a lot more. And, uh, and I don't think actors always used to do that. I think they got typecast a lot more and it's making it more interesting because you're getting, you're just getting an actor's kind of, they're, they're pushing their boundaries a little bit. And I think we're, we're benefiting out of it from a cinephile kind of perspective, really. Absolutely. I think we're, we're in a very good place in terms of cinema at the minute because studios are getting a lot braver with yes. what they put their money into. I think Disney and, and, and Marvel in particular have proven that you don't just need to do your bog standard summer action blockbuster to, to make a billion dollars. You can no. you can make an Ant-Man, you can make a Guardians of the Galaxy and it means that films like Blade Runner are getting the the backing and the funding that they need. I mean, unfortunately, Vera didn't necessarily do as well as I'm sure the studio, despite the fact it made its money back. But um, it 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 didn't. There's a, a multi. There's lots of reasons behind that. I think it's yeah. too long uh, for a start, which which and I, and I I really enjoy it, but it is too long. It's half an hour too long, um, it, which means it didn't get showed enough. Basically, yeah, because you can't put a three-hour film, including it's probably three and a half once you factor in, uh, you know, every aspect of it, because they have such trailers and, and everything, trailers and everything else nowadays. So you can't put that in many places. Not not enough times for people to come and pay attention to it for long enough. Um, and it wasn't marketed quite right, and there was a few issues behind it. But look, it still got made. I don't want really to give a shit, and it's not going to stop Danny Villeneuve still making great right. films, and, and we will talk about that. Blade Runner will continue to make money as time. Yeah, what yeah. most people don't don't, and I, I, I think most people probably don't realize the original Blade Runner was an absolute flop when it came yeah, out. Yeah, we it, it took in, in years year. and years. And I am the first to hold my hand up, and uh, as blasphemous as it is, I don't particularly like the original Blade Runner. And I, I'm close to hanging up, but yeah, <laughs> I I think it it's a, an absolute marvel for the time that it came out and i can appreciate it as a piece yeah. of filmmaking it's just there's that many different versions of it and it, it doesn't feel to me anyway because i came into it very very late i tried watching it when i was, when I was about 12 13 yeah. and i don't know if it at that time if it was the original cut or the director's cut and i just couldn't no, get the director's cut is kind of important to me yeah and i have since watched the director's cut and it is definitely the best version of that film I just, just go. It goes in phases, though, man. I, I always think there's films where you go, I kind of liked it, but I didn't, and then I'm going to give it another chance, and then the next time you go, shit, I really liked it. it. It does seem to happen. Like I can be in a really sci-fi genre mode yeah. where I'll literally watch anything and everything sci-fi, and and at that point, I love it. And if I'm really not in the mood for sci-fi and one's on or something. I can hate it because it, it really is on your mindset. You know, it's the good thing about cinema. And I think going to see Blade Runner, if it was possible in the cinema, the original, that would really just in the right cut would just go, shit, this is quite, it would just, it, it's different because you go to the cinema a lot as well. It keeps your attention generally. I mean, I know you walked out of Jurassic World. Well, no, you, I, only, <laughs> I only walked out of it because I was tired. I've been working all day. I, I should probably explain that I go to see a lot of films again and again, but because I literally have nothing else to do, I'm not like. <laughs> <psychopath. Yeah, yeah. laughs> yeah, I don't think you're just stalking people at the cinema, man. It's not that obsessive. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. It's it's if you watch something in cinema, generally it keeps your yeah. attention. And no, absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah. some films are made for the big screen. Blade Runner, Mad Max, um, but I think what the original Blade Runner has going for it is. Harrison Ford as Rick Deckard and, and Roy Batty and Rachel, they are just very, very good characters. And, and I think the Blade Runner world that it establishes is yeah. unbelievable. And, the and way- I'd like to see more of that. Yeah, I think no, 2049 definitely. does open that up if it happens. It's so much to explain 
before. I mean, obviously Star Wars after Star Wars, and I, I'm cool with Star Wars. Don't get me wrong, I even like The Last Jedi. Um, but there's so much they could do with it that they're not doing. And I think something like Blade Runner, you look at it and go, Christ, I mean, 2049 explored a lot more landscapes and a lot more areas that we'd never seen before. Obviously, we only had one film before, but I'd happily take not a sequel, but a spin-off from that. Universe. I'd love to so, see what, what London's like or Paris is like in that world. And, yeah, because Vegas and, was amazing, man. Yeah. To get that shot of Vegas, when you realise it's Vegas, it's like, whoa, The, the it's establishing so shots in Blade Runner, whether it be the original or 2049, the, the, the first film, even though it takes about 15 minutes for him to fly into, um, oh, what's the building called? Everything. No, that's time and I, man. The, the big triangle pyramid. The yeah. big triangle pyramid. When he's flying into it, all, like I said, it takes a hell of a long time for him to do it. But the the shot coming in, particularly as well, because it was made. It was in nineteen eighty two. The original Blade Runner. Yeah, it's something ridiculous, man. It really is something the, ridiculous. It, it, it's it's a real spectacle, and that that is the one redeeming factor for me from Blade Runner. Well, yeah, it might come around. You never know. But I, I, I mean, you, you've got to look at these films and, and take them on surface level. I know everyone loves 2001, and, and I kind of understand why. But again, people are going off a lot on that. It's a spectacle of the time it was made and things like that. And Kubrick fans who were kind of, I don't know, um, as crazy as they obsessive. get. Obsessive. Um, yeah, obsessive as the director was. And, and I'm cool I think Kubrick fans are the Star Wars fans of their time. Yes, I think that's true. I think that's true. Um, interestingly, and I, I, I don't know what your take on La La Land is, but I, I'm intrigued. What what do you make of it? Because it is a film that, for me, and I'm really not a musical guy. I love music. I, mm-hmm. I adore music, and I love I love biopics. Um, you know, Ray, and, and I love Almost Famous and High Fidelity, and then my films growing up. But I I I don't do musicals as a general rule. It's not my genre. But I, I kind of secretly love this film, so I'm, I'm quite intrigued what you think of it. I went to see this film with my wife. Off, It was completely off the cuff. At the time, we were in London. Actually, we were going to one of the Live Empire podcasts. Oh, um, nice. And we, we got there in the afternoon. We had a few hours to kill. And we went to one of the real sort of... I can't remember which cinema it was, but it was one of the real indie ones in London that's got like 15 seats and it's the most hipster thing in the world. But we went in, we sat down and it was the most glorious two hours of my life and I came out just smiling. Nice. I absolutely loved it. Just for the the performances from Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, for the music, for the cinematography, for, for for the story and the fact that it's not a happy ending, and, and the fact that they it's were they, they were brave enough to absolutely break my heart at the end. <laughs> yeah, they were. They they broke it and also mended it at the same time in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Oh because no, I'm they, still broken. Okay, you're still broken. Every I, time I, I hear I, every time I hear City of Styles on my playlist on my phone, I'm driving just a little tear, just a just a single 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 just, just single, goes down. single tear. Yeah, um, just I'm. Why would you do that to Sebastian? I'm appalled you've not seen Whiplash. I, I know it sounds... It's, it's just, on my list. It's just, on my pile downstairs to watch. Just, just It's on Netflix. Watch it. <laughs> just watch it tonight. It's on Netflix. I, I, um, I don't like watching things on Netflix if I can walk, get away with it. I like watching it on Blu-ray because I'm okay. a nerd and compression annoys me. Okay, fair enough. Okay, but I've got, it, I've got it on Blu-ray downstairs. Don't worry, okay, I will watch, watch it. it. Whiplash will blow your mind because it's the same director who did La La Land, and he's almost at uh, age of thirty-four. I've suddenly become obsessed with jazz in that regard from the two films. And I'm like, yeah. how the fuck has that happened? Because I was so not anti-jazz. I used to play the drums. So I, if you watch Whiplash, it, it just personifies. Yeah, me. I bet it tickled all your. Yeah, mate. I used to play drums as a kid, and my my drum teacher was a jazz drummer. I love playing drums. I, I used to play, I used to play to like bands like English. Was your, was your, was your, uh, was your drum teacher, uh, J.K. Simmons? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> if he was, I might have been a good drummer. I was a decent <laughs> drummer for a period, but never that good. Um, J.K. Simmons in, in Whiplash, and I will do a podcast on a few films that I love, including this at some stage. Um, this is the film you want for, isn't it? So. Yes, and he is he is phenomenal, and I love that film with every fibre of my being, really. But La La Land, for me, I watched, there was a really good 
I shouldn't say this. I watched a really legal stream of this when it came out, which I know oh, you're you naughty little boy. I know, but it's one of those things that I normally, I was like, my missus isn't going to want to see this. I'm not sure why, but I didn't think she'd be keen. And it got that kind of hype and she kind of got on board and then went to see it at the cinema. So I'd seen it already and I saw it at the cinema and at the cinema, I was blown away by it and it, mm. it needed that for, for it to happen for me. It's so colourful. From the opening shot on the flight pass or whatever it's called, the, yeah. the, the American The road. overpass, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the overpass that it just all of a sudden bursts and it, it slowly builds up as that the here comes is it here comes the sun I can't remember what the song's called yeah I'm, I'm not oversold on the first 15-20 minutes and I'll be it, honest it, about that because it is heavy heavy clappy it, jazz hands yeah it's, 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 it's real musical musical yeah and, and, that, and that's one of the reasons I love it is I, I, I grew up my grandma and granddad used to look after me on a, on a Thursday night back in the day because my mum my worked late and my granddad would only watch old war films and sort of 1930s and 40s MGM musicals. Yeah. So I, I have a, a real affinity for a real classic well, Hollywood it, film. It is that. It's, it, it feels as Hollywood as you can get. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a love letter to classic. It, yeah, film. it is. It is. And the planetarium and all those kind of scenes. And, and I mean, the way it's shot, I mean... I'm like I said, we, we have been quite technically minded on this podcast, but the the fact that they shoot some of these uh, most of the scenes in one one long panoramic shot, is, yeah. even that opening scene on the overpass, it's quite remarkable. And you'll see that when you watch Whiplash, it's the same style. There's a scene down the corridor when he's drumming, and they they pan in slowly, and it's quite amazing because um, it it just keeps you focused and attention. And their relationship is is really good, but it's. And and that's why I mean they're charismatic together. They're, they're such a great couple together on screen. You just believe every second of it, really. Um, my favourite scene in that film is is when they're at the party and he's got the eighties. <laughs> when she when she makes him basically play Iran, yeah. And she's dancing away and his face is just priceless. And that that's pure gosling for me. It's just that kind of crazy, stupid love, sarcastic patronizing look over the top of his glasses it's just it's just perfect and that's when their charisma kind of really shows and they, they play it so well and it's such a cleverly written film it's such a really well produced film obviously but um but it is romantic it's got that classic notion of it and i know it is quite sad at the end and my wife doesn't like it for that reason she was up and up until that point she really enjoyed it and that point it, killed it for it her. pulls the world out from under, especially when it has that sort of montage of, of what could have been, and it it just it shows you on, and then it pulls it away, and you're just like, no, go back, look at his uh, nice little face, and and that's another thing as well. You, Ryan Gosling doesn't do or say much in that final scene when he's playing the piano, and it's just that little doesn't. look, that little look that he gives Emma Stone, and it just, yeah, I can still remember the pain. Yeah, it's for me with Gosling in that, and and he didn't get the accolades that Stone got, and obviously the film overall, it's 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 Oscar Oscar worthy for me, and people don't like it that that much, but I, I can see why Oscars would fall for such a thing. It is classic Hollywood style, um, yeah. but Gosling for me is is great in that because it's all of all of these things we talked about kind of rolled into one. So you've got that kind of comedic touch because. You know, the bit when he's he's playing piano and J.K. Simmons tells him to stick to the playlist and he suddenly goes from, he's, he wants to play jazz and he's desperate to play jazz and then he plays a really perky Christmas song. <laughs> it's just hilarious because it's just, his, his facial expressions again are just perfect for it. Um, and, and you've got that kind of heartbroken element. He's got some kind of anger and angst in there, which he used to, but he kind of gets it all in there. And, and I'm so glad we watch Whiplash um, at some point. And the kid from that um, was due to be cast in this film um, because he previously worked with a director. Um, and I'm so glad it, it wasn't him. Um, Miles Teller was originally going to be. In he was going to be in Lower Land, yeah. Because when you see Whiplash, you'll you'll get the impression that he's he's maybe capable of that. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 I like Miles Teller. I just yeah, I can't see any. Well, it was going to be him, and then. Her- Irony, who I can never remember the name. Emma Watson. 
Yeah, so those two were really close, but she obviously signed on for Beauty and the Beast and whatnot, and he, I think it got a bit greedy by the sound of it, and basically has ruined a couple of years of his career. I'm sure it'll come back quite strong. Um, by by maybe not to, not taking this role, because I think Gosling, it wouldn't have harmed him either way, but you look at him doing something like this, where you say he's done a, a jazz musical, and then he's going to now go on and play... Is he playing Neil Armstrong? Yeah, he's in, in yeah in First Man. Yeah, which which again is is another step, and it's it's interesting that the director Damien Chazelle is taking a step away from jazz. I don't know if if Neil Armstrong is a big jazz fan. I would imagine <laughs> you'll hear it in his headphones at one stage in the film because I can't imagine a Damien Chazelle film without jazz in it. But um, it's going to be really intriguing, and it looks really good. And I think for the director to go in a different direction and again kind of gosling to go in a different slight direction it's just exciting i i he's the kind of actor and there's a few of them like hardy and jill and all that i mentioned before and and, and always walking phoenix and um stuff i always pay attention to you know pre last and always the same i'll always look on their imdb imdb pages and look at what they're doing and what they're planning to do because i just want to you know, if they get that combination right with the right director and the right script, they're just, you know, it's going to be gold for me. And yeah, like you said, it's, it's kind of, it's a really good generation of film that we're, we're, we're having, I think, at the minute. People think it's, it's not. I, I, I think modern film is as, is as good as it's been in my lifetime. It, it, it really is. I, I look back at the films that I've seen just in the last six months, um, going to the cinema and trying to think of, and the top three or five would be difficult because there's just been some incredible, our release schedule is slightly different to the US. So I, yeah. I saw Shape of Water this year and Lady Bird this year and Dean last year. Yeah, uh, and three billboards was this year, I think. Um, yeah, and, but true. then you've, well, off the top of my head, I mean, we've had Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. Uh, we've had a Star Wars film that we may or may not have to never talk about. Maybe. No. <laughs> I don't think it was, it'll ever get talked about. It's, uh, yeah, I, I it was all right because I just yeah I'm kind of in the I watch it on 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 when it comes out I'm all right about that I'm not in a rush because um, I've kind of been spoiled a little bit I know you obviously we talked about and it's not trying to make it obsessive but you you obviously have free time to go to the cinema but yeah. for me I'm I'm a little bit choosy with it and and it's only because I I don't have that much free time and and if I if I did I, I obviously would go a lot I used to all the time. Um, but it, it it's nice when a cinema, uh, when a film really deserves to be at the cinema and uh, in, in yeah. viewed at a cinema as such, you know. And I think, and that's what we're getting with these kind of heavy visual films. But films oh, I've just I've just looked at another list of films that have come out this year that I completely forgotten about: A Quiet Place, Annihilation, yeah. Ready Player One. Uh, Red uh, Sparrow it's, it's, you know what we're wrong okay. Annihilation didn't get a cinema release I'm still furious about that uh, well I, we were talking about Snowpiercer the other day and that still yeah. hasn't had an international release no which... that's that's another thing that Harvey Weinstein fucked the world on so thanks Harvey um, he, he'll get his comeuppance I, I hope he does um, I really do um, yeah it's like we said it's it's a really good time for cinema and i think gosling is one of those leading lights along with emma stone who's obviously collaborating with so often that that are kind of at the fore for me and 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 i just don't get the hate you know people go back to a film he's done a couple of romantic comedies or you know even you know whatever that one i mentioned ages ago that i've had to suffer through once and that was talking 15 years ago he's he's, he's had a career with that most actors would dream of and he's he's only in his 30s i would imagine it's kind of astounding which way his, his career is going and it's it's funny and you look back at he was one of the mickey mouse club kids on he all those years yeah it was young was he young hercules i think something yeah so he's clearly been kind of you know accustomed to it but he doesn't he hasn't taken a traditional path and and i i always have a lot of admiration for people and actors who who will do different roles and be bold about what they do. You know, he drive and only God forgives are intense films, you know, and then he does comedies and he's doing this kind of style of film. And it's, it's, it's great. You, you know, he's literally done almost every genre in his, his kind of shortest career. Um, and he's done incredible films in that time. So yeah, I just think you look over the next five or 10 years, 
I think an Oscar awaits at some stage. And could be very worthy. I he mean, he'll, he'll probably have to fight a bear to win an Oscar. That's yeah. He'll have to at least a wild creature of some description. I'm not sure where we're going to go. We, it, the bear's been done, but it, it's certainly going to happen. Well, him um, and Amy, Amy Adams have definitely got the Leon now. I think Amy yeah. Adams more so. There's a couple who surprise you that have never won one. Amy Adams is, is the one. But Saoirse Ronan's been up like three times, I think. Um, and she wasn't going to win it for Lady Bird, but she's been excellent for all the films she's been up for. Lady so, Bird is so good. Yeah, it's it's a great film. Um, it's been a pleasure, mate. I, I thank you very much for, for coming on. We will, right, don't worry. We will repeat this um, and come back and do our pod on Denny Dorman because we both clearly... Thank you very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure, man, and it's it's been great to talk films with you and other kind of cinephiles on, on Twitter. I think outside of football that everyone talks about, it, it is good to talk about your other interests. It's it's nice. It, it, it's, it's good for the soul. So, uh, you know, I implore anyone when I'm ranting about film, it's always nice to get involved and, and recommend stuff and and I've had loads of new guests on this pod. It's it's been great to to do it. I will be looking to do more over the summer. Um, obviously busy doing the AI comic pod as well. Um, but yeah, there's a lot in the in the works. So um, thanks for knocking it out of the park with the AI comic pod. By the way, thanks, man. Uh, we do we do love doing it. It's it's a real pleasure for us. And yeah, we're up to about sixty odd episodes now. We've we've been doing it for years. And yeah, it's it's fun, man. That's that's a real passion of ours. But uh, my my first love is is all film really I'll be honest yeah. so it's it's yeah I I've got a real love of, of, of these kind of films that we talk about as well so thanks for everyone for listening and yeah I'm gonna be back with you pretty soon. Stop. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.